bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is time for a football Monday get-together here on Birds 365. Appreciate you getting up and early and streaming with us. I almost didn't. Here on Birds 365, we've got you for the next couple hours. we got two of our regular guests joining us. Should be a, a good Birds conversation for the next couple hours here. Johnny Mac, was it a good night at Lincoln Financial Field last night? One of the, <laughs> I guess you'd consider it a big night even though what they put in about an hour and 40 minutes, because uh, it's a standalone chance for Eagle fans to see their birds before the season started. What was it like at the stadium last night? Yeah, I mean, they're fired up. You saw about 50,000 the Eagles were expecting. They they sold that many tickets. That That is the largest uh, attendance at one of these things since the first one, way back when Chip Kelly was the coach, so... You know, I think in the ensuing years, uh, people have figured out, you know, practice is practice. It's not that exciting. Uh, but, you know, people are so fired up uh, with this team coming off the Super Bowl, all the hype. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, pretty pretty lit, as Nick said, for a practice. Uh, and it, it shows you the passion of this fan base, but we know that. We know that going in. So um, one of the reasons this show exists, because people are so obsessed with the Eagles. So no surprise. And and the fact that they're on paper projected to be so good, uh, that hype gets ratcheted up even another level. What uh, What one particular play would you say lit the crowd as much as anything. Was there one play that stood well, I out? Think, that... I think Jalen Hurts walking on the field was the biggest. Really? Uh, More so uh, than anything else? Yeah, it was like a WWE entrance. You know, he came out <laughs> to MVP <laughs> chance. Um, so I think it was that uh, more than anything on the field. On the field, I would say, you know, A.J. Brown throws to the corner of the end zone. Uh, Josh Job and covers James Bradbury still not back. He just raises up, you know, elevates the high point. The football shows you, you know, 
MVP level quarterback to one of the best receivers in the NFL, even if you have good coverage, there's not much you can do. And that's what that play kind of showed people. Right. Uh, when the ball is thrown well and A.J. Brown, even when covered, is in good physical position, guess what? He's coming down with the football. That's the kind of receiver that he is. That's the kind of year the Eagle fans are expecting from him, and I uh, agree with them. I think they should. I, I do want to ask a couple more questions about the practice, how it went and time spent and everything else. But, oh, by the way, some players were there that you didn't know were going to be there 24, 48 hours ahead of time. Eagles have made some roster moves, signed some veteran guys, specifically at the linebacker position. <clears throat> I'm thinking about last year when they brought in two defensive veteran tackles. Now, that was in season, a little bit different. The position is different, but two guys just sitting out there. And you're wondering, well, why, if these guys can actually play, why are they still available at this time? But they both came in and helped and played well with the Eagles. So you got to give Howie Roseman the benefit of that on this one. Uh, give me your read on the two linebackers that the Eagles signed off the street this weekend. Well, it's an upgrade. You know, these guys are are, are pros, Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. Uh, um, they both have been longtime starters in this league. Um yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I get it. It's very similar to last season, as you bring up. They both got the exact same contract, so very much like Linball Joseph and Dominican Sue. Um, and and it's earlier than that, obviously, but late in the process, typically, for where these guys would normally sign. A couple reasons: one is they are veterans; they're considered on the downside of their respective careers for various reasons, even though they're both pretty young. Uh, we know the devaluation of the position as a whole. And then if you're a veteran guy, you're looking for that spot, just like Linball and Dominican last year, ring shopping. Um, you know, maybe you don't want to go through the grind of the off season. You don't have to. Um, that probably factors into it as well. And they get the opportunity to step in and be a starter for a potential Super Bowl team. Um, and I would be stunned if one of them isn't a starter. Basically, you know, the best of, of, of sort of a lot, you roll the dice with two guys. Uh, and it's an immediate upgrade. It is. Um, we'll see if Zach has anything left. You know, I think Miles has a bigger name because when he came out, there was so much hype around him. Uh, he was a potential top 10 pick until the, Injury issues cropped up and ended up going at the top of the second round. It's ironic because people were worried about a degenerative condition in his knees. Played a hundred games. How far do you want to go? And people are still talking about it. Right. He's still only twenty-seven years old because he he got in the league at at at, at such a young age. But I do think at his height, Zach Cunningham was a better player than Miles Jack. So um, these guys are. You know, they they played some high level football in their past. Uh, Zach's coming off an elbow injury, so you got to see there's health concerns with him. He only played six games <clears throat> last year. Miles played much more um, with Pittsburgh. Um, I looked at his PFF numbers; they weren't great, so he didn't play at a tremendous I mean, level. Yeah. Neither one of them were great. No upside, you know. What are you talking? You're, you're, you're talking about Chris. 
Ben Van Sumeren, Jody. Ben Van Sumeren got a first-team rep. And not only did he get a couple first-team reps, he was calling the defense. Remember, N'Kobe Dean isn't back from his ankle injury. I mean, it's bad at, at weak side linebacker. Sean Bradley started out. He got the first first team rep with Christian Ellis. I kind of look like Christian Ellis as, as entrenched. Well, he's no longer entrenched. He's entrenched on the roster because of his special teams ability. But, yeah, I mean, you can't go into a season. And Howie Roseman knew that. And he knew it. And he knew it at something was going to happen and could have been trade and he went the free agent market. And by the way, if these guys can't play, it's not necessarily done, but it's better than it was yesterday. Right. But do you have the details on his contract? I know we talk about it all the time and people are probably tired of hearing it, but it's a fact and I don't think it should be underestimated. The linebacker that they signed during the offseason, Nicholas Morrow, got zero guaranteed money when he signed his contract, which means if the Eagle were to cut Eagles were to cut him tomorrow, they would take no salary cap hit whatsoever. And that's just unheard of for a player who signed at the time of year that he signed this past season and was a starter on his team for the previous year as well. He played uh, almost every snap for the Bears last year defensively. And for him to get zero guaranteed dollars told you that this was a unique situation. And it may end up with him not making the Philadelphia Eagles and the Eagles not having to pay anything as far as a dead cap hit goes. Um, the only thing I'd seen on the contracts of the two guys they signed yesterday were they can be worth up to $2.5 uh, $2. million each, which I'm sure means including incentives and no one yet, at least I had seen, had reported what the guaranteed money at guaranteed money was. At you, uh, I have not seen the the fully guaranteed. So the signing bonus that'll that'll come out when it gets filed with the NFLPA. But if I go back to last year with Lynn Ball and Dominican, they're very similar deals. Um, uh, they both got. Lynn Ball and then uh, Dominican got the same contract. These guys, Miles and and Zach, got the same contract. Um, so I think it's going to be similar. Um, and uh, you know, the signing bonus was like two hundred fifty grand, and then they had like a roster bonus, which another two fifty. So I'm guessing it's going to be five hundred. Uh, and obviously, as vested veterans, if they make the football team, all of that is guaranteed. Um, the entire uh, salary. So um, I, I think it's going to be very similar. So if I had to take a guess before I see it, it's probably going to be 500, uh, 500 grand. All right. Well, but we have to wait and see to make sure that that's the case. And if they jump in, in mid training camp and their contract is better than Nicholas Morrow's is with some guaranteed money, it kind of is going to tip your hand as to uh, what what the Eagles' thinking is going to be. Now it'll be decided on the field during practices, but uh, don't kid yourself. What uh, Howie Roseman gives out as far as contracts have as much to do with who's going to make this team and who's not as anything else. Um, here's something that I didn't think I was going to be talking about today uh, when we uh, when we're doing the show, uh, as per what the roster looked like yesterday. Is Howie Roseman, do you think, 
when uh, the everyone's out of the office, he's sitting there by himself. Is he rethinking the fact that, you know, maybe we made a mistake last year in letting either TJ Edwards or Kazir White walk out the door? Because they're pretty damn good last year. And both of them got market value deals, not not blow out of the water type deals that someone had to have them and overpaid and there was no one else in the league that was going to pay him. We, we speculate on what the deals were going to be, and they ended up right where you and I had them. Uh, so it was uh, pretty easy to figure out. But then Cowie is admitting to himself, yeah, maybe we should emphasize linebacker a little bit more during this offseason. Um, not yet. Um, I think, you know, I think he'll be emboldened if Miles and, and or Zach plays well. I think he'll be further emboldened you know, he's very patient. You know, I was told because I've been saying, look, they've, they've gone too far at linebacker when it comes to the devaluation of the yeah. position. I've, I've said that pretty consistently. Um, and I was told numerous times, he knows, he knows there's a need. He knows there's a need and something's going to be done. Um, you know, what it was going to be was to be determined. Um, and he's, to his credit, he does say, you know, most people think talent acquisition season, as he calls it, is over. It's never over. You never keep over. adding people. Um, and he's been very good at that over the years. And he's done it again here. Uh, and we'll see how it works out. I think, you know, if nothing works out and it's bad, I think he'll have to rethink it. I don't think he cares about, I don't think he cares about Kaiser. I'm with you. Kaiser was fine. I'm not trying to downgrade him, Um, but he was competent. Uh, I don't think it was much more than that. Uh, Do you think any of the guys they got on this team right now have a chance to be as competent as Kaiser White, since you're going to use the word competent? Yeah, I, I think both these guys have a chance to be Kaiser White. The problem is TJ. If, if, if TJ, especially two, two things, if TJ continues to play well in Chicago um, and Nicobe doesn't play as well as a lot of people expect, I think then, you know, then maybe rethinks, but that's way down the line. Um, and, I, and I was surprised at TJ. I thought the way forward, you know, I, I love TJ Edwards as a player. I thought, they should have been more proud of the fact they uncovered him and uh, developed in into the player that he came. And I think if TJ Edwards is your middle linebacker and then Nicobe Dean, you just slot him in as the weak side linebacker. I don't think you have any of these problems. And, and basically I think TJ got six and a half. You don't have any of these problems for an extra $4 million. And now you're, you're spending, or maybe five million on two players. I mean, right. even even from Howie's valuation standpoint, that doesn't make sense. Um, and 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 from the second point, now TJ is from Chicago. He's from the Chicago area. Maybe he just wanted to go back and play with the Bears. I I don't know because I haven't spoken to him since then. Uh, maybe the Eagles did want him back. Uh, but they weren't going to pay the premium and go to eight million or whatever to get him to come back to Philadelphia. Maybe he just wanted to go home. So there's a lot of things that uh, factor into it. But 
Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work out and TJ continues to play well, I think, you know, you have to you have to look back and say, learn from your mistakes and things like that. I and you know I don't devalue the linebacker position as harshly as the Philadelphia Eagles do. So yeah, I'm already looking at it and going, yeah, you undervalued it before the year start before the uh, player acquisition season ever started. We'll see if either of these two guys can play. Yeah, their uh, PFF ratings were. I think one was 70-something out of 90, and the other one was 60-something out of 90. Neither one of them are in the, the, the even the middle third of the National Football League, so they're both going to be expected to take step ups, step steps up if they're going to be in Kaiser White's territory as far as production from last year goes. He's Johnny Mac. I'm Johnny. You got Mac. Yeah, Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. On a football Monday, we got two of our regular best guests. First up is our guy from CBSSports.com, Jeff Kerr. I'm guessing he did the double dip yesterday. Went uh, to the Phillies game and then went to Eagles practice thereafter. He's not nodding. Maybe he didn't. I, I thought for sure Kerr was heading to South Philadelphia yesterday. Uh, we'll punch Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports up next here on Bird Street 65. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. 
she did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. And we've got Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com to jump in and talk uh, football with us. Jeff Kerr, have the Eagles solved their linebacker questions because of two signings yesterday of veteran guys who were out there waiting for an acceptable contract offer and took what the Eagles put on the table yesterday? I think they created even more questions at linebacker because they added these guys. But I think they solved a death problem, if you want to say that. I mean, John and I saw it last night. Ben Van Summerlin was basically running the first team because they that was had awesome. No I, I did not think I'd be writing that sentence this year. Ben Van Summerlin, the quarterback of the Eagles defense. Uh, and who, who would have thought that? Like, people are worried about, oh, how's this going to affect the Kobe Dean? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, it can't. He's the green dot. Like, this is the guy. So, well, I, that, that Ben is uh, knocking at his door. Uh, don't, don't be so sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I felt so bad for Christian Ellis last night that he had to cover Devonta Smith on that crossing round. Like, come yeah, on, that Eagles. Worked that worked out as about as well as expected. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get caught. I mean, it's a drag route. That happens to every NFL team. But yeah, people, I mean, linebackers. Zone coverage. I mean, oh, that's and Devonte Smith. Yeah, that went about as well as expected for poor Christian. Uh, but I think he's played well overall, Christian Ellis. You know, it's going to be interesting to me, Jeff. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni had a difficult job last night, and he's. I, I love the linebacker room. I love the linebacker. Well, come on, Nick. I mean, you're bringing in two guys on August 6th uh, who got a ton of experience. That tells me the Eagles don't love their linebacker room. But I think they should kind of like Christian Ellis, don't you think? I think so. As a matter of fact, if you had told me after four practices, the Eagles are going to start the year with the Kobe Dean and Christian Ellis, I, I would have been okay with that. I, I thought Christian Ellis has played well th- this training camp, and I was excited to see him in the preseason. Now, I also... I'm not surprised the Eagles added at linebacker. I thought they would make an upgrade there. And everybody has this Patrick Queen fantasy. He's not leaving Baltimore. So it's Jody's, yeah, he's not leaving. They 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 think they're a Super Bowl contender. We talked who we Benny Serato told yeah. it. And and the kid, the third round pick, Simpson, he's not ready. So I mean, I don't think they're trading him. I think the Eagles would love to steal him. If they could, but I don't think Baltimore is trading him. So, same yeah. with Tampa and Devin White. I don't think Tampa really wants to trade him. I don't think Todd Bowles wants to trade him. And it seems like everything's patched up. I, I heard Devin White speak the other day. He said, "Look, we're we're all good. I, I want a contract, but I'm getting paid eleven million dollars to play football. I'm, I'm good." Now, if you want to splash before you jump in, Jody, uh, I, Isaiah Simmons. What about Isaiah Simmons? That's an intriguing one, too. Even Zayvon Collins at this point. but I don't think they trade Zayvon. But, um, I don't think they would either. What makes right? you think they trade Isaiah Simmons? Because I don't think they're 
in love with Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, they sort of messed up him like they messed up Hassan Reddick uh, back in the day. Yeah, but see, that's Gannon. So if if he can't play in Gannon's defense, and the defense is basically still the same with little tweaks, what makes you think he's going to be able to play the defense here if after a couple of weeks of practice? Well, it, not a change of scenery, that type of thing. You know, sometimes people get engaged. Sometimes you need to get out of a bad situation for yourself. Uh, even though from his perspective, it's a new coaching staff and all that kind of stuff, new GM. Um, that's just the name I heard at the Novacare complex. It's it's probably pie in the sky, but yeah, I think it's because um, uh, well, if I, Jonathan I, Gazin wasn't the coach, do you think we'd be having this conversation? Maybe not. Yeah. I, I will say this, John, and you know, you and I have talked about this before when they do the three safety look, Isaiah Simmons would look pretty good in that. Yeah, well, the big nickel, yeah. Um, which, you know, it's going to be interesting how that these two guys affect that. By the way, we'll go down that route. Kayvon Wallace, I mean, it, he's the starting safety right now. He seems to be inching past Terrell Edmonds. Had a good camp. Had a really good camp. That I is not one I thought I'd saw, I, I would see. It's still early, as everyone will tell you. But, boy, I did not expect Kayvon Wallace to be this relevant in the conversation. That's got to count for something. Yeah, and I know everybody wants to point out to his past games and, you know, his past three years in the league. But I'll, I'll tell you this. He's been in position a lot, and he's been solid. And I think that's what they need. I think that's what they were hoping Terrell Edmonds would be. But you're right. He's outperforming Terrell Edmonds at this point. Now, what I want to see is, and I tweeted this this morning, Sidney Brown popped Kennedy books last night. He looked like he was going to pop Joseph Nagata. I need to see Sidney Brown these preseason games because he is slowly moving up. Well, he can move. He's got a burst that the other safeties don't have. But, you know, sometimes that burst takes him in the wrong direction. Uh, And, you know, it's very rare. Sean Desai mentioned he's got to clean up the mental errors as a rookie. It's very rare that coaches are, are that honest. Uh, he's clearly the most athletic and the most gifted, but I think he's a ways away from sort of figuring it out. That's my take on Sidney Brown. And it uh, is complicated. Go yeah. ahead, I was going to ask both you guys um, because each individual has to be judged by what they do during practice. And as you say, John, uh, decide being very candid about it. But then there's the overall view of how the Eagles handle rookies that uh, does change from year to year when the coaching staff changes like this one does. But there's also a uh, general philosophy that usually you can take from the way that uh, a team is going to handle rookies. Do you think that that is also holding Brown back a little bit, that they're just in general not willing or not wanting to jump in and have a rookie start a first game of the season? You know, that's tough because I feel like if push came to shove, if they didn't have, if they weren't so deep at certain positions, I think you would see Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith play week one, but they don't have to do that. And right. and I've noticed they're trying Nolan Smith in a bunch of positions. Now, what was it, Friday, Johnny? Was playing? Yeah, that's going to that's gonna stop now. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> over. <laughs> but, but Nolan Smith on the edge is what I like. Him playing the yeah. – that's perfect for Jalen Carter, again, I have high expectations for Jalen Carter. I think Jalen Carter is going to be fine. But 
I kind of like how they're acclimating him on the second team. There's no pressure right now. It's Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis. And I know Eagles fans, I tweeted it last night what their first team defensive line was set up in 11-on-11s. And they're like, Fletcher Cox, why can't we get rid of him? I'm like, the guy had 10 sacks last year. He's a really good football player. Yeah, he is. I, I, yeah, it's weird. Uh, the Pletcher angst. Um, I don't know. There's certain guys. Slay gets it as well as an aging player a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, he, he was very effective last year. He's not what he once was. That's probably it. So, but uh, you could do a lot worse than having Pletcher Cox in there. I am a little bit surprised, though, that Nolan has gotten more uh, reps, but that probably comes down to injury. I mean, Hassan Reddick was out. Uh, so there was more opportunity for Nolan Smith to get some first-team reps, whereas Fletcher's been healthy, Jordan Davis has been healthy, uh, Melton Williams, uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu is playing very well, by the way. Marlon, yeah, Marlon T is playing very well. This defensive line, I, I mentioned it with Jody, and I'll throw it out to you as well, Jeff. It's a great problem to have, but it is a problem to keep all these guys happy and get them reps and keep them effective. Um, and Jalen Carter's a part of that. How do you keep them off the field, but how do you take Fletcher Cox off the field? It, it's That's a delicate balancing act, I think. Um, I think when you see these guys productive late in the game, in the late in the second half, the fourth quarter, when it is a one-score game, I think that's how you do keep them healthy and you keep them – fresh and in a way happy I don't think I think everybody wants to play every snap but if the Eagles have this belief and if you buy into it that it's not feasible in this defense you're going to be rotating that is where it helps guys like Fletcher Cox like Brandon Graham I, I, I still think guys like that appreciate how healthy they were come December and January last year and I think that's what they got to preach to these young guys. And luckily, Nolan Smith is wise beyond his years and can do that. And, you know, Jalen Carter, he's not going to make a scene per se, but I think they they know in their heart of hearts, all those defensive linemen, at least the, the guys that we know are playing, that they're playing, they're just not going to be playing 100% of the snaps. But you're right, guys like Marantui Pelotu and Contavious Street, I, I don't know Cadavius. I don't know how he makes. What do you Barring think they injury. use? Do you think? And, do you think they he's trade? an NFL player? He's an yeah. Elmo as a rookie. Is that a good camp too? It's going to be difficult to keep him. I mean, they're yeah. He got poked in the eye last night, so maybe you know, maybe he gets slowed down. Moro Jomo, maybe he gets slowed down a bit, but um, yeah, they're incredibly deep on the on the defensive line and we talk about great positions they're great on the offensive line but they're not deep any longer um and, and you can tell because they're making moves josh sills is back which shocks me i was surprised that that would happen but we'll see if it's real or not and by real i mean are they going to give him an opportunity because those were some nasty accusations but he was acquitted that's a really difficult uh situation to be with the eagles um and we'll see he was you know 52nd 53rd guy on the roster when he was put on the exemplist but they signed josh andrews as well because they 
concern over the depth and they brought in Dennis Kelly. So they brought in a lot of guys because they're not nearly as comfortable. The five starters are great. Same thing at receiver. Two receivers are great. If you want to believe Quez is elite, feel free. Uh, but the depth isn't great. Uh, corners, the top three. Josh Job has been the best backup corner um, by far, I would say. Um, Zach McPherson, I think he's better in the slot, but I don't think he's stood out. Um, so they have, they're great at a lot of positions uh, and, and quarterback. I mean, Marcus has not looked good um, really at all, to be honest, as a backup quarterback. So oh, he's a great runner. Does he not look good when he's running the ball? Oh, he look, yeah. They, they, I, I will say the Eagles defense looks bad. They they should be happy that they don't have to play a running quarterback or running who can run the football. When that shows up, oof. oof. In, in, a, in a game, I think both Jalen and Marcus right now could run for 100 yards against that defense. They are not handling it well uh, when they run the football. How many, how many, I, I don't know how many practices you've been out yet, but how many, every time they run that quarterback draw in the red zone, it's like the Red Sea. They score. It, 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 there's such a big gap, like, it, it, especially in the B gap. I, I've noticed that, like, Marcus Mariota just, he could go all day. Like, why would you even throw the ball? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, honestly, and, and by the way, to defend Marcus a little bit, the the backup offensive line has been pretty poor. And, and they rotate; the time, they, they change everything up. Like Steen's the left tackle now. Ke- Kelly's yeah. the left guard. I don't know where. And, I I guess Andrew's going to be the right guard now. And half the time he's grabbing for a bad snap. Snap, which right? Screws up the the whole play. So. You know, if he got to play behind the first-team offensive line, he'd probably look a whole lot better. So I do want to add that context into it. But accuracy-wise, throwing the football, he had Jack Stoll wide open and just missed him by by five yards, like a euchre, just a bit outside. I will say last night, though, Marcus Mariota's best throw of the night was that pass to Tyree Cleveland last night. Tyree Cleveland needs to catch that. If you're going to make this team, you got to catch that pass. Yeah, that was yeah. Well, Tyree's not going to make the team. So. No, but th- that's how you get no. That's how you get noticed, though. He might make the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. the practice squad's going to get pretty filled up pretty fast if you got more or Jomo on the practice squad that you think you can get him through because he's going to have no chance to make the depth of this defensive line. Uh, somebody may uh, just grab him before he ever gets to the practice squad. But uh, all of a sudden, yeah, even though we keep talking about the fact that 16 is such a massive number with the Eagles, it's going to add up fast because they got a bunch of guys they want to try and get through to the practice squad. Do they not? Yeah. I mean, they're a deep team. So if you, we always, I think fans every year, they overrate the waiver process and we're going to lose 18 guys. And they never do. No, it doesn't work like that, but but the Eagles are going to be one of the teams uh, that probably loses two or three guys because other teams are going to look at that roster and say, no, that's a really good team. Let's take a shot at this guy, and let's take a shot at this guy. So you know they, they might be in danger. They of, did that uh, to the 49ers last year when yeah. the 49ers didn't think they were going to lose Trey Sermon. And then the Eagles said, we'll take him. And yeah. I, yeah. That's why I have a feeling, and I, I hope it's not true because I, I like him a lot. 
I don't know if Boston Scott makes this team. Boy, I think he's going to make the team. I, see, I, that's, that's what I'm hoping. But, you know, I want to see if Nick backs up his words with Trey Sermon. Um, yeah, I don't think he – it, it could happen. I'm not going to say I'm 100% on it, but I think this organization likes Boston Scott a lot. I think they, they know – I talk to Jody about utility guys all the time at baseball. Like there's certain guys who can do it and certain guys who can't, you might be more talented, but if you only get a couple touches every now and again, you don't get a feel for it. You can't perform like they know if they go to Boston Scott, he's going to perform and they're very comfortable in that. I think that's a, a trait that is underrated. Uh, especially with the coaching staff. You know, Boston Scott's been here like seven years now. I, 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 like, it feels like it's been longer, but he's been productive. Yeah, every time they put, that's the point. Every time they got to go to him, he produces. And especially against the Giants. Yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of rare to be honest. Now uh, you're down there all the time, John. Um, so I, I need to ask this question of you. Trey Sermon continually gets mentioned by the coach. Jeff just said, oh, let's see if the coach will stand by his Trey Sermon stance. The coach talks him up more than you talk him up. And I ask all the time about what's happening, who made a play, who did this, who did that, who did the other thing. I can't remember the last time you told me, and Trey Sermon, uh, Trey Sermon busted yeah. out and did this one. Is the coach seeing something that nobody else is seeing? Well, practice, I, 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 I think it's a little bit conflated now because when Nick Nick did it twice in the offseason, unprompted, now it's usually somebody asking him a question about Trey Sermon. Well, he's wearing people, a Kenny Gainwell shirt. Yeah, and I think people have conflated that and say he keeps bringing up Trey Sermon. Well, now he's getting asked questions about Trey Sermon. And you know Nick Sirianni. He's telling you, I love the linebacker room. They just signed two guys. And he's saying, you're not going to throw one of his guys under the bus. I oh, love I the line. Um, yeah, I do it all the time. But he's not. Um, I don't think uh, – I, I, I think Trey Sermon has to beat out Rashad Penny uh, to make this roster. And I don't uh, think anybody's doing that. Because DeAndre's here, Kenny's here, um, and I think Boston's here. Um, so, I think Rashad's here. Yeah. So that's that's his path. And, and yeah, I don't think he's ahead by any stretch. I will say that. John, I, here's a question for you. Now that they did sign Jack, they did sign Cunningham. I don't see a future for Nicholas Morrow here. I feel like he's a starter or he's not. Or it's just not here. No, yeah, that's a bad sign for Nicholas Morrow. And but you know, I it's funny because when Nicholas first got here, he was really um uh, uh pleasant, uh, really happy, really engaged. Last time we talked to him, he was sort of very short and very I think he's getting the hint that things aren't going the way that he had hoped. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be difficult for him now. Uh, you know, but Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham might show up and there's nothing left. I mean, they didn't play well last year. Zach was hurt. Miles didn't play well. He played more. You know, these guys, because they have bigger names, 
does don't necessarily I, like I, I looked it really up in the break real quick. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Mora was 64th in PFF. Jack was 65th. You know. Yeah. Do you think the familiarity with Nick, like Jack was with the Jaguars and Cunningham was with the, the Texans and Cunningham was really good when Nick was with them. Yeah. I mean, and I still say if Cunningham's healthy, which he hasn't He's been. He's a better player. Here, He's the better yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Cunningham could start. I, I really yeah. do. Cunningham, his second deal was crazy for a linebacker. Um, he was a very good player. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that's left in him. Um, but I do think at his height, he was the better player than Miles Jack. And I don't I, think it was particularly close, to be honest. I'm, I'm trying to remember last year when Tennessee was in their free fall. They were in the middle of their free fall, and they were asking Vrabel what was wrong with his defense. And he kind of unprompted said, well, Zach Cunningham hasn't played in two months. We miss him. So it's clear. Like, I, I just don't think Tennessee wanted to bring him back. I just think they moved on. But, you know, the, this could be a blessing in disguise for the Eagles. Yeah. I was looking it up. I, I, I got when when he re-signed with the Texans, his second deal um, coming out when he was a second round pick, uh, where I just had it. It was crazy. It was uh, you get like a sixty four years, year? four years, fifty eight million. That's wow. Twenty three and a half count. That's how good a player he was. He was a big time player. And that now, was that was regarded as a great signing at the time. Yeah. Um obviously hasn't been that player for a while. Um, and I don't know how much is left, but as Jeff mentioned, you know, Mike Vrabel's a pretty good defensive mind. I I think I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about him than miles Jack. And I think it's the opposite because miles had the big name to most of the fans. Cause miles had the big name coming out of college. I, I think Zach is the better player. If there's anything, I don't know but, if there's anything. But I also on. think Miles can fill much needed depth at this position. So I, I think they're both going to be. Yeah, I mean, Linball and and Domican were both here, very similar. But Linball was the more important part of the puzzle. Sue had a bigger name, but Linball was the more important part. I think it's similar here. Zach's to me, going to be the more important part. But we'll see how it shakes out. No, And uh, for both of their careers, specifically last year, but basically for their careers, not playmakers. And when we think of playmakers, we think of interceptions or forced fumbles and the like. Neither one of them have really been that at any stage during their career. And that's one of my concerns about the Eagles coming into this year is I knew Morrow wasn't a playmaker, didn't know if Christian Ellis was going to be a playmaker, and yes, uh, Nicobe Dean was a playmaker, but on the collegiate level, hasn't proven he can be a playmaker in the NFL yet. Uh, that's not going to be the ballywick of the Eagles' uh, linebacker position this year, guys. I just don't know if they're going to have a playmaker period where, on the uh, roster. That's where John's boy comes in, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, that, but well, first of all, I don't think the defense is designed to have that type of you know linebacker that Jody's talking about, like the, I don't know, the Derek Brookses of the world, the Brian Erlockers of the world. Those are, I, I those are like, like Tampa the, two linebackers who I, make plays and they're more important part of the scheme in this scheme. It's just, Hey, clean it up, you know, make the tackle and hopefully, you know, 
two yards in the backfield rather than seven yards down the field. Um, I think that's the more sort of crux of the scheme of the defense. And I think that's why Christian Ellis has a shot here because last night he made a couple of tackles in the backfield, uh, you know, what we consider tackle. DeAndre Swift, he, he had tackled for a loss last night. That's why I'm saying don't – let's not – Get Christian Ellis out of the equation. I I actually kind of like how he practiced last night, knowing that Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack are on the sideline. Be like, wait, this is disrespect toward me. I'm getting my shot here, and you're not taking it. Does Does Nakobe's injury factor into this at all? I remember you told me during uh, the day, John, when Nakobe went into the tent. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like it's anything that bad, but we haven't seen him on the field since. He came right back out, didn't go inside when he got hurt the other day, stayed on the field. Are they just being overly cautious with him, or is this something that Eagle fans actually should be concerned about that it could be lingering? Um, I don't think it's serious at all. You know how the Eagles are in training camp. Um, There's going to keep people out until they're 100%. I, I don't think this has anything to do uh, with Nicobe, it has to do with everybody else. Um, and, the, and, and they want uh, the set. Now, hey, uh, people are going to be concerned about the durability because he's injured in training camp. But that part of it is, um, and I heard one say, he's already hurt. It's not, they're being cautious. They're being cautious. He's not, if, if there were a game last night instead of a practice, he would have played. It's, it's like the Hassan Reddick thing, right? You know, everybody was like, oh, Hassan Reddick, he's kind of making a quiet statement about his contract. Like, no, he's not. They're just waiting until he's 100%. He played last night, 100%. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I just think people sometimes like to make storylines. They say it's the media. It's not. If you go on social media, you see where the actual storylines are coming from. I agree. Then uh, they they better hope that Nicobe T because uh, trying uh, to throw veteran linebackers in there at the last second uh, when camp starts is is kind of a tall task for the Eagles this year. And yeah. one that I, I don't think anybody, I'll ask both of you two guys, John, you and I uh, may have mentioned him briefly. Jeff, I know we haven't asked you a question about him. Davion Taylor, we hardly knew ye. They did cut ties with Taylor, who was a relatively high draft pick, and we talk often about how organizations try and project and protect draft picks. Yeah, it gets less with every passing round when you go down, but Taylor was a third-round pick, right? And what did they end up getting out of him as far as career production goes? Basically next to nothing. So that one may have had to sting a little bit for Howie Roseman. Agree or disagree, guys? You know what? When I look at the 2020 draft, I just see who they picked in the second round, the most controversial pick of them all. And you got a franchise quarterback and probably one of the best players in the NFL. Well, you know, you got a top 10 player in the NFL out of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, we'll call a spade a spade at this point. It's Jalen Rager was terrible. Davion Taylor was terrible. But I, I, you just got to look at Jalen Hurts and say, yeah, this, <laughs> in a way, it's, it's a good draft. It's a great draft. Yeah. We had that Denver that Denver game with Davion. Yeah, uh, he did. And then was he got hurt and was never uh, never the same again. Maybe it was the injury. I don't know. But, look, the guy was very raw coming out of uh, uh, college. Barely, did, barely played high school football uh, because of his uh, religion and his faith. Um, 
Seventh Day Adventist, um, and and you know mainly because his family wouldn't let him play, to be honest. But um, and we always talk about Jordan Mailata, and you know it it kind of exemplifies what a unicorn Jordan really is, from not you know playing any football and developing into the player he has at the professional level. Whereas a guy like Davion plays very little football and he never gets it. That's, that's more of the normal aspect. And I think the Eagles, how he says, you got to learn from your mistakes all the time in the draft. I, I think he'll learn from that mistake. Look, it, 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 if a player's very raw, you know, all right, maybe take a shot in day three, not premium picks and third round picks a premium pick. Don't, don't worry about those guys until day three. And if they have tremendous, and he does have tremendous athleticism um, and maybe it clicks down the road. Those are day three projects. That's where I think he learned over the last two years, getting the Georgia guys, getting the Alabama guys. Like, do I think Tyler Steen's having a tremendous, no, like Cam Jurgens is entrenched as the right guard, but. I see a lot of potential when I'm watching Steen. I feel like if you get Steen a year or two with Jeff Stoutland, you're going to see the benefits of that. By the way, uh, Nick uh, confirmed Cam Jurgens is the starter. Well, wow. no, finally, he did. No, no. Well, not oh, he confirming. Did. You're, just, you, you're funny. No, well, I, I asked Nick. Oh, he, he joked with McMullen last night about Big it. smile on his face. He's like, I don't have to name him the starter. You know, I don't have to do it now. I'm he's like, the okay. starter. He's the you star. should have followed up with, so he's the starter. Yeah. <laughs> he's the starter. Well, that's kind of a given uh, at this stage. With uh, they, they can only keep it under wraps so much when you guys are allowed to uh, show up in practice. I did want to give you guys this piece of info last night. I don't know if it's going to play itself out, but I did a uh, preview spot for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers on CBS Sports last night. Uh, and with the talented wide receivers they have in that camp, including a first-round draft pick that they used on a wide receiver, which I really didn't understand because they've got two borderline Pro Bowl-level wide receivers already. The best wide receiver in the Chargers camp this year has been none other than John Hightower. He has just been stone-cold killing it Yeah, I don't in believe Charger that. camp. I don't believe that. No, you don't I believe that, that. I, I'm sorry. I do not but... believe that for a second. You're, you just mentioned – Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston's been the best one. That's um, what I've been hearing. Man, now, my guy, Joe Reedy, who covers him day in and day out, said the best wide receiver so far in camp. Not projecting he's going to have the best even, but just the guy that has performed best so far in camp for the Chargers been none other than John Hightower. I believe that he's having a great camp, but uh, yeah. I don't we'll see in the, the preseason when I'm there. watching those games and making my overreactions yeah. to every preseason game. The next right. week. If, if he makes the Chargers and he's catching balls week number oh, three, I, I, I believe and, he, and, he and might the make Eagles the Chargers. Fourth string wide receiver is is Greg Ward. Um, we'll be going. Wait a minute. Why do we ever let him get out the door, Howie? Wow. I, Howie, Howie Howie, your your boy, your boy last night was uh, driving the Montel Jordan during the open practice. Greg Ward. Greg Ward. 
Oh, oh okay. Yeah. They were playing. They were playing. This is how we do it. He's dancing sometimes around. I forget Greg's still here. Yeah, yeah. Greg is chugging away, man. And he still him. finds a way on this team. It's I'm impressed. He'll yeah. be on the practice squad. The he will not be on the 53 man roster, but he'll probably be on the practice squad uh, because they do love having him around. Um, uh, yeah, John, half kiddingly, I we haven't got you to comment on it yet about the Eagles' elite third wide receiver. Quez Watkins, who actually went down that road yesterday, uh, earlier uh, last week. It's a fine line, Jeff Kerr, between being confident and being cocky. You like when your players are confident, when they believe in themselves, when they have uh, self-belief that they're going to get the job done. At least, to me, leaks off into cocky. And I don't think Quez Watkins has done enough in his career to be cocky. What do you think when you heard Quez Watkins self-evaluated himself as elite. Well, if Quez Watkins was elite, he would have caught that pass in the Super Bowl. That's that's my definition. He's of banged it. up, Jeff. Come on. I, I, At I, Jeff Kersey. I'll say this. At Jeff Kersey, CBS. Follow Jeff on X, not Twitter. X. Um, I, I would say that Joseph Nada is closer to Alameda Zacchaeus than... Alameda yeah. Zacchaeus is the Quez Watkins. I would agree Quez with that. Is, Quez has had a good camp. Is he elite? No, that's silly. Um, but, you know, if he improves and takes advantage of those situations, because the Eagles don't need him uh, to have a lot of traffic, um, there'll be an improved offense. If He's going to make this place. Yeah, if the Eagles can get the 2021 version of Quez Watkins in 2023, Wes Watkins will be elite for what he is, and that is the third wide receiver. I, I agree with you. I haven't seen anything out. You don't want to see an injury. That's why yeah. I mean, you don't want to see an injury to AJ or Devontae. He's not he's not gonna step up and be a number two receiver like evidently John Hightower is with the Chargers. That would that would hurt the Eagles. But uh um yeah, I mean he's had a good camp. He's had a good camp and um I think Britton Covey's going to make this team because nobody's pushing him as the punt returner. He's so the only really, returner. <laughs> yeah, so really it's sort of somebody like Joseph Nader or Deion King can get back from his ankle injury. Nick did say he's coming back this week. They they would have to beat out Alamade uh, because Alamade has not been close to Quez Watkins um, at all. And that might be a little bit of a disappointment for the Eagles, to be honest. I'll tell you what, I think they brought in Alavade to challenge Quez and to take that spot from him. And Quez took the bull by the horns and said, nope, not going to happen. What uh, both of you guys, uh, John, you're there every day, so um, you'll get more information as the week goes. What do you believe the Eagles want to accomplish? What do you think the game plan is going in? for the first preseason game this week. I know it's down to three. We used to play five. Now it's only three. Um, what do you think the Eagles want to come out of the first preseason game? Honestly? Having done what? Uh, uh, stay healthy. That's it. That is literally it. <laughs> I mean, they don't. They don't I, I don't want to see a starter play in Saturday's game. I don't. Yeah. I want to see the third stringers just light each other up. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm 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 not even being facetious, Jody. I don't I, I think they'd like to see the backup offensive line I just talked about play a little bit better. Um 
and there's certain issues like that, but I, I, you know, they're so good uh, with the starters. Stay as healthy as humanly possible. Yeah, uh, you know we're gonna hear about this all week, right? The Ravens' twenty-three game preseason. Week. Oh yeah. Guys, yeah. Well, you should. It's the greatest uh, streak in sports. Lay, lay, the, lay the points now. Harbaugh yeah. is proud of it. But by the way, did you, Jody? I don't know if you paid attention to this, but did you happen to see what the biggest point spread was before Saturday? And we saw why. For what, you're talking week one of the preseason week or week one, one of the week, regular season? Week, week one of the preseason. Uh, my guess would be the Ravens because no. they never lose. It was Denver. And I said, why is Denver Oh, because the favorite? coach came out and said he's going to play Russell yeah. Wilson and, and all his stuff. And this is before right. he said it. So someone tipped them off. Okay. Mm. Uh, they, that's why I, and people get annoyed at me because I put as much stock in the lines as I do. But I think there's information to be found out there because I'm with you. I think they get certain information before John Q. Public does. So good point by you, Jeff Carr. Made several good points. Thank you very much, as always, for jumping in. We will talk to you again next week. Have a good week, bud. Always a pleasure, John uh, and Jody. John, I'll see you, what, probably Tuesday's next practice, right? Tuesday, yeah. yeah Tuesday. You're Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll be Three in a row. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice this week. It's a, it's a game week. Yeah. They're there trying to replicate a game week, by the way. That's why they shifted the schedule. But then uh, how many days. starters are we going to see to that game when, when they actually get around yeah. to it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can re replicate it to the point uh, where uh, when the game starts. Preparation-wise. Preparation-wise. Yeah. All right. We shall see. Uh, Jeff Kurt, thanks. Hey, thanks, John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We'll come back hour number two, ready to rock and roll here. Stay with us. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging and they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267 261 3428. 261 3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac and Mac guys, hey, I'm right. 365, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, hanging with you. Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated, John's running mate at SI. We'll be jumping in in uh, less than 20 minutes from now. Um, in talking to Jeff Carr, we got into uh, Marcus Mariota and his backup snaps for the Eagles, which haven't been great in practice, not overly productive. Seems like the only time he advances the football is when he takes off and runs. If he's throwing it, it hasn't been real effective. Either his accuracy getting it there or the ability to protect them with the second team offensive line. And you also mentioned this, John, and you've been saying it and uh, all the other Eagle guys, uh, reporters who cover it. He, he, he never gets a clean snap. No. That there's <laughs> well, out of the shotgun. Not, it's it not never, never, but a lot of bad snaps. I mean, I don't want to downplay Brett Todd. The, the, you know, it's not like over 50%, but a significant number of snaps are not getting back where they should or how they should. Yeah. What's, what's the necessary number for snaps? 95%. Uh, you got to have 98% on the money. Yeah. What would you say the percentages of the snaps that have been good during the practice? Probably 75. Um, yeah, it's not good. And that's one of the reasons they brought in Josh Andrews and we'll see Josh has been around forever, but he hasn't played a lot. I don't think, He's the answer either. He's played mostly guard, can play center. Um, I mean, Camp Jurgens is a backup center. Um, and 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 it, it, in the catastrophe situation, they'll be fine at center because uh, they'll move Cam. The issue is, and Stout talks about it all the time, he doesn't like moving parts if he doesn't need moving parts. Well, he's going to need moving parts if, Jason Kelsey goes down. Now the good part is Jason's played like a hundred and whatever straight games. He's never, right. you know, so I wouldn't worry about center at all because uh, Cam is the insurance policy. Uh, but in practice, it looks bad and you don't get a full evaluation, proper evaluation of the backup quarterback because he's not, you know, not in a situation where, um, like I said, he'd probably be much more effective, um, not probably, definitely, playing behind the first-team offensive line if he had to play because he's not going to have to deal with all this nonsense. But um, the accuracy scares me. It does. When he does have a chance to just grip it and rip it, as they say, he's not 
you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Let's put it that yeah, way. No, not too many people are, but Marcus Mariota's never been. Not here, not even when he was at uh, Oregon and winning a Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I don't think he was a grip it and rip it kind of guy. Um, uh, back to the offensive line and kind of came out of left field that Josh Schultz was reinstated. Uh, I remember you telling me last year that he was the pet project for Stoutland that not too many people yeah. thought he had a chance to make the team. And sure enough, he did. And Stoutland likes to have one of those pieces of clay that he can mold each and every single year. And Sills was that guy, but then he had the uh, off the field issue that he did, which you're right. He was at least cleared of legally. Uh, we'll see if there could be civil action against him, but uh, and he uh, was suspended by the league, but just got reinstated. Have you heard anybody talk about what his future is with the organization? Or no, well, Nick talked about it uh, yesterday because he was asked about it. But um, and he was out there. He was he was um, he's back. He's part of the roster. But I think we're going to see whether it's real or not. And by real, I mean, are they going to give him a chance? Because you know, I say it all the time. Jeffrey Lurie has a long history of giving people second chances. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what to call this. Is this a second chance? He got acquitted. I don't know. And that's what Nick kind of leaned on. He leaned on the NFL. He's like, look, we we took the allegations seriously, um, but it's not our, you know, the NFL made their decision when they moved him off the commissioner's exempt list, and that means he's a part of the team. He was a part of the team before. And that means he's a part of the team. And if they just cut him, then they're in legal peril. You know, he could technically say, "What? Well, I'm acquitted. I'm, you know, I, I, yeah, he's in the eyes of the law. Uh, he's done nothing wrong, but these are horrible allegations. And that's why, you know, I remember talking about it um, when it happened. The Eagles got his stuff out of the locker room razor quick. I mean, to the point where I'm like, well, I don't think we're going to see Josh Sills again. Um, and I didn't. Um, but I don't know how they could have handled it other than bringing him back. But now to me, and and that's why I use that term, are they going to give him an opportunity to make the football team? Because if they do, their depth is not great. He's got a chance. Now they brought in Dennis Kelly. As I mentioned, now Josh Andrews, they brought in some veteran guys, but out like Josh Sills, and he's got versatility. And all I can see is we'll wait and see if they give him a real opportunity to make this team. If they do, I think he's going to have a chance because there aren't guys who are going to lap him. Let's put it that way. And if he's going to make the team, uh, I think that you you need to look at this when you look at every single offensive lineman who's either on the roster and or on the practice squad is versatility. We know that the uh, offensive line coach prefers having a guy in one place when, when something goes uh, down, an injury goes down, plug one guy in rather than moving parts and rearranging on the fly. What is Sills' best position as far as uh, what he's shown in Eagle Camp last year? Do you, do you think they have a position where he would be, if if he can get up to speed, if he's good to go, if they, as an organization, decide, listen, acquitted's acquitted and we're moving forward with him, 
what position is he best suited at? Uh, guard, no question about it. Uh, um, he's a better guard than. But you know where he really stood out to Stout was at. There was a time during training camp last season where uh, both Jordan and Andre were banged up and couldn't practice, and he put him at left tackle, and he held his own as a first team left tackle. That's where really I think you know, stood out and, and stout size. So he's got, but you can't play him there for an extended period of time. Um, you know, but Tyler's going to be here. I don't think he's ready to play, but he's going to be here as a third round pick. Jack Driscoll's obviously going to be here. Um, Dennis Kelly. I'm not going to say a hundred percent, but 95% he's going to be here. Um, you only have eight on game day, as Stout always says. They're probably only keeping nine. You know, then it's like a who are you going to keep? Uh, Josh Andrews, you just brought him in. Brett Toth, who's got some versatility but hasn't snapped well. Sills, it's basically fighting for that last spot because I can't imagine the Eagles keeping 10. I can't. There's just not enough talent past that top three any longer because you can get the rest of them on the practice squad and they'll have a bunch of guys on the practice squad. They'll have two or three offensive linemen on the practice squad and they should be able to get the vast majority of those guys. Suo Pata as well through, uh, through waivers and get them back on the practice squad if they want. Understood. And the guy that uh, you mentioned to us earlier in camp, who you thought was going to be this year's Josh Sills, Trevor Reed, has he jumped up in any practices or made any plays that made you think that, yeah, no, you know, he, they, they might not want to risk him. They might go down the Sills route and keep him on no. the 53. He's not showing you anything in practice. No, but I do that. think they'll they'll get him on the practice squad. If they don't bring him back to the practice squad, that'll indicate he's had a really bad camp. But I no, I haven't seen. Now, once the, he he'll, he's probably going to play a lot in the preseason. True. Um, now if he shows up there, but the Eagles have a bunch of guys that we don't even talk about, like, like Fred Johnson and, and, and Tyrese Robinson and Roderick Johnson, who those are the guys they might go. Those are the guys that are going to play the vast majority of the snaps in the preseason. And they might not even want to play a Trevor Reed in the preseason that much to kind of hide them, uh, and make sure they can get him on the practice squad. A lot of strategy this time of year when it comes to really raw players you want to you want to try to keep on the practice squad. And that's why I think it's hysterical, and we just talked about it with Jeff Kerr. People actually bet on preseason games. When, when you're trying to figure out who's the strategy of who's going to play <laughs> so as not to expose them because they might be – can they actually play football? Will they help the team win the game that day? It's such a secondary thought. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's not even a, a second. Uh, other than Baltimore. And, yes, which, they play yeah. Baltimore, who never loses week number takes a, one. Takes a little pride. I always bring up Danny Green took pride uh, in winning preseason games. Very few, though. Very few. And more today than not. Um, just don't care anymore. Um, and I would say Baltimore, I'd have to look at the entire league, but Baltimore's probably the last team that 
and they're not even trying to win. They, but they, you know, if they're going, their whole mentality is if we're going out there, we might as well win. Um, and that is surpasses basically the rest of the league. The guy who I remember telling me just that, and it was 20 some odd years ago, was Nick <clears throat> Vermeil. He always believed if you're suiting up, if you're going out yeah. there, if you're representing your team during that day, if your name is up there on that scoreboard, you got to damn well try and win the game. Uh, you may do it with other Danny players Bell. and other Danny, strategies. Danny. But... Yeah, Danny would say winning is a habit. That was his mentality. That was his thought process. And, and and if you get used to it, you expect to win and you win. And that that was his thought. I, I think guys like that are, are, are very, very old school. To say right. the least, I asked you, John, about uh, Nicobe Dean's injury, and you said overly cautious uh, that it doesn't really factor into their linebacker moves. Um, uh, and you text me when both Bradbury and Dean got hurt at the same time in practice and went into the tent, but both came back out and joined the team on the sidelines, and neither one <clears> went <throat> into the building again. No Bradbury since, just overly cautious that yeah. he's. Uh, yeah, he's completely. He was he was playing with uh, his kids after practice. Uh, yeah, they're just being cautious. Like I said, if there's a tweak on a key player at this point, they're going to sit him until they're a hundred percent, not even ninety five percent. And similar to Kobe, if that was a game last night, um, Bradbury would have been playing. Um, so yeah. No concern with him as well. And uh, by the way, I should mention Patrick Johnson as well because that was scary, and that turned out well. It's not serious, so um, that looked very bad when he was carted off. The cart doesn't mean what it once did in the NFL, Jody. It used to be when they would bring the cart out, it was bad. Bad news was coming. Now they'll bring the cart out for guys who got to take a leak and are too far away from the. You know, I so, but uh, I I make a joke, but Pat Patrick looked upset, um, and so it did look more serious, and all the players were coming over and sort of consoling him, so it did look more serious, and it ended up it's an ankle injury, and it's 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 not that serious. So we won't be seeing Patrick Johnson against the Ravens this week, even though no, uh, the, the, if no. if a regular season game, Nicobe Dean plays. If a regular season game, Bradbury plays. Regular season game, Patrick Johnson plays or doesn't? No, I, I he's a little bit more. I yeah, I'm 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 trying to pull it up because I I tried to get I tried to get what was it day to day or week to week because that's basically you know the designations you get this time of year and nobody wants to go that far, but they said it's, it's not believed to be serious is the exact phrase I got not believed to be um, serious. If, if Bradbury were more serious and he were to miss time, Josh Jobs starting outside. Is he not? Yeah. I mean, yes. And it's not been, he's played well. He has played really well. Um, so for all the talk about Greedy Williams, and he's played much better than Greedy. Calais Ringo, <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, long-term, Calais Ringo is still a big part of the plans. But right now, yeah, I mean, Josh Joe would be the starting uh, corner 
And, he's and I know you mentioned Garner a couple times that he's <clears throat> big and athletic and the like, but he's not in the conversation for no, not to be that first guy off the bench, but he's been really impressive. He he really has. And that's a guy who you know, if you're looking at an undrafted guy that they may want to find a way to keep on the 53, he, he'd he be the, my pick right now. He's been really good, really good. Now, he's playing against second and third teamers, um, and preseason will be important for him. Um, but to this point, through seven practices, he's been really impressive. And special teams reps, I know they only dedicate so much time to special teams in practices. And again, that 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 tape will be as scrutinized as any other portion of the tape against the Ravens because they got special teams decisions to make. How much does special teams capability help or hurt a guy like Garner? Oh, it always helps. I mean, if you're back into the roster, you got to play teams, as they say. Um, and... You know, that's part of the reason you grab guys like Job is a big part of the special teams. Ellis is a big part. Um, and if they graduate to playing, um, you know, it affects your special teams as well. Um, Kayvon, I mean, what is Kayvon's a big part? So <clears throat> if he's the starting safety, uh, and Reed, Reed's a big part as well. Um, and if they're the starting safeties, how does that affect Michael Clay? And look, the Eagles weren't great on special teams to begin with. Um, yeah, they've gone away from, I think they tried to find that player with Kyron Johnson. I always talk about Chris Maragos and Brian Brayman. I think they tried to find that with Kyron Johnson. It didn't manifest itself in his rookie season. Maybe that happens in a second season, but they don't seem to target special teams players anymore. And I think that explains why they're not as good on special teams as they, they once were. For the guys <laughs> who have elevated themselves and are playing more from the line of scrimmage, whereas last year their key contributions were to special teams. Uh, and do you want to put them on special teams to risk injury? And like, I got two words for the Eagles on that one. Malcolm. Check yeah, Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm didn't care. Malcolm played every yeah. snap. Rodney, too. He was by the, the way. key guy to their defense. What would happen if Malcolm Dave Jenkins went down with an injury? He didn't give a flying, you know what? I'm Rodney McLeod was that I've way as well. He's been a special teams player. I'm going to continue to play specials. And that should be the attitude with the yeah. three or four names you just ran down. Hey, Malcolm's rare, and Rodney did that as well. Rodney McLeod, I want to give him a shout-out, too, because he he felt that same way. Um, yeah, more more people should feel that way. That's but. kind of the point I'm trying to make. I'm Jody McDonald. He's John McMullen. That makes us Mac and Mac on Birds 365. Oh, he's in the green room. He's ready to rock and roll. He is Special Ed Kratz. He's next here on Birds 365.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. That is what we talk about here on Bird Street 65, the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Here to help us do that is a contemplative Ed Kratz. As he scratches his chin here with us on Bird Street 65. I ask you to contemplate this, Mr. Kratz. Anybody stand out last night as a running back at Eagle practice? Uh, the previous Eagle practices last night in front of 50,000 fans adds a little importance to it, but uh, they're going to make their decisions based on the entire preseason. Has the needle moved at all in the running back room for you? I, yeah, I think it has. Um, I'll tell you, though, it's every day it seems like it's something uh, somebody different standing out in that that backfield, though. I, I, I know they love Trey Sermon, um, but I think DeAndre Swift right now and Kenny Gainwell are the two players that are kind of getting uh, gaining, I think, a little bit of separation. Um, and, and maybe you could put Rashad Penny in that second tier right now. But I think DeAndre Swift, with his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. They're going to have to find a way to get him the ball with all these weapons that they have on the offensive side, obviously AJ Devontae, Dallas, um, you know, they're going to have to find a way I think to get DeAndre Swift the ball and they're working on that. They're, they're giving these running back the bubble screen, baby. Yeah. And they're even, they've expanded their route tree on routes out of the backfield. Uh, I forget who it was. Might've been Trey Sermon was telling us the other day that, um, that uh, Brian Johnson likes his running backs to stand with the wide receivers when Aaron Moorhead is going over 
uh, the different routes and things like that. So they're going to be involved in the passing game, and it comes down to who can catch the ball best, who has a proven track record, and who's going to see the most time at the running back spot. And right now that's DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell for me. Uh, Penny hasn't had a lot of targets in his career. When he has, he's been able to catch the football. Uh, Trey Sermon says he can catch the football, but to me it's gonna, right now it's Swift and Gainwell, in my opinion, who are kind of getting a little bit of separation from the rest of the pack. Yeah, did you see the head coach's T-shirt yesterday? Uh, Kenny Gainwell football camp. First time. Yeah. First time this year he went the player route. Usually he wears the Hurt shirt, the Lane shirt, Brent. I have not seen him wear a player shirt this year until last night. Now, it might have been the first one out of the drawer. It might be nothing, but yeah. uh, it was Kenny maybe, Gainwell. Was maybe Kenny yeah, well, John, John, you don't believe that for a millisecond. What? This this guy is smart. He he does everything for a reason. There, there, there's nothing well, there that just go. happens, so happens Kenny, stands with Sirianni. He's he he if everything he says, everything he does, every shirt he wears, there's a, a method to his madness. Well, that that stock up for Kenny Gainwell. You Agreed. heard it from uh Jody McDonald. I did think it was interesting when he was talking about DeAndre Swift during the week, and he was talking about there's a difference between catching the ball out of the backfield, catching it downfield. And he's a former receiver at, uh, in college. And he mentioned that DeAndre has that ability to catch the football like a receiver, not like a running back. So I do think, I think Ed's got a good beat on it. It's Swift and Gainwell. I think those are the top two guys. And then we'll see what happens from there. But uh, to me, it's, it's Sermon, uh, Rashad Pennyhead. Um, yeah. because Boston's going to be here. So that fourth spot, do they really love Trey Sermon or do you want Rashad Penny? Where's Ed Cratch on that needle? Well, I'll tell you, Rashad Penny really, he hit an extra gear in practice the other day when he kind of broke through the line <laughs> and went down the sideline. I mean, he, he can run that guy. Uh, I think Penny is going to be the guy, um, over Sermon. I, I do. I, and I'm surprised, you know, there are teams that need running backs, and I know they'll probably wait until, you know, cut down day before jumping on them. But everybody's cutting down to the 53 players at once, and that's at the end of camp. So if you want to roll the dice and wait that long to bring in a running back, if you're, say, the Indianapolis Colts, who certainly could use a running back. Um, Shane's going to get a look at him when he comes back here. Up, right. up close. I'm, I'm, they haven't dangled a sermon or a Scott to the Colts, uh, you know, for whatever, you know, a late round pick, a conditional pick, whatever it is, and then bring that guy in still kind of early here in camp before the preseason games have begun and get him acclimated to your offense. So, you know, when he week one comes, he's ready to go, but it doesn't seem like that'll be the case. Uh, who knows? Maybe that will change, but the Eagles aren't going to keep five running backs. So, yeah. Uh, you know, you say Scott will be here. I, I guess um, they do like him a lot. Um, but I, just, am, I, am I overvaluing Boston Scott? Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe um, it, that would be a really hard cut to make, given his you know loyalty to the team. He's come back on a couple one year deals now the past few years. A uh, guy who's been here the bulk of his career after the Saints drafted him. I think it was in the sixth round. 
Um, but, you know, I just – listen, Sermon to me is a young guy who hasn't had the chance. They liked him <laughs> enough last year to keep him on the 53-man roster all year. Nick talks him up every chance he gets. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not so sure that Boston Scott is going to be here um, if you're going to cut down to four running backs and not trade one. So uh, it still has to play itself out. It's going to be interesting. These preseason games, everybody says they don't mean much. But I think for a lot of players this year, they will mean something. And it all starts Saturday when they go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Eddie, I'll cover any of the action you want to put up there that there's not a trade of a running back. Uh, because this isn't just the Eagles. This is the entire National yeah. Football League. The position has been so devalued. I, I, a conditional seventh, which disappears and goes into the ether, will not even be a deal that will be made for a running back out of the Eagles room this year. They, 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 there's just no one in the league. They're all going to wait. Oh, do you want to wait? To... Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> Everyone will wait till the rosters are cut down, and then they'll pick their uh, – uh, their best bet out of uh, whoever becomes available and is on waivers. I'll I'll go out on a limb and tell you that's the way the league will handle that. The Eagles yeah. will not get lucky enough to get a trade out of one of their running backs. Just speculation on my part. All right, John and I talked about the top of the show. Need your read on it too. A couple new linebackers showed up yesterday. Nicobe yeah. um, <clears throat> Dean is injured, or they're precautiously holding on to him and not putting him out there. Uh, Davion Taylor is no longer a Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles added two veteran linebackers just waiting for the right opportunity, a mesh with the Eagles. John likes to use the turd ring shopping or there was nobody in the league was willing to give him any kind of a contract. Uh, why did the Eagles pick up the two guys they uh, signed yesterday? Well, my concern with N'Kobe Dean is just, holding up for 17 games. I mean, that's hard to do. I know the Eagles had TJ Edwards and Kaiser White do it all of last season. And uh, TJ has proven to be pretty durable through his career, but you know, Nicobe's a little, you know, he's on the smaller side, obviously. Um, but that's my concern with him is holding up for 17 games. Uh, and, you know, I know Nick said last night, he's been, in, uh, in, he likes what Nicholas Morrow is doing. I, I haven't really noticed a whole lot of Nicholas Morrow standing out. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good move. You bring in a couple veteran players. I know Zach Cunningham has had, you know, he had injuries last year that limited him. But, you know, I think Jack and Cunningham have played a lot of football in this league. And I think they're going to be very helpful uh, for this team. And, I and you know, just like we were talking about the running backs, and I agree with you, Jody, I don't think, the Eagles are going to be able to trade one of these guys because of the devaluation of that position. But with the linebacker and Nick touched on it is they're kind of the quarterback of the defense. So you want to get guys in here early in camp to get them, you know, get them up and running as quickly as possible. You don't want to bring them in September 1st and have them be ready to play by September 10th. I mean, this makes sense to get these two guys in here, uh, early, relatively early, uh, get them up and running, up to speed, and they're going to compete. And I think they're going to make the football team. I mean, if they're healthy and um, they should still have plenty left, they're still relatively young. Um, but my concern with Dean, and maybe it's the Eagles too, is we're a week and a half, two weeks into camp, and already he has an ankle injury. Uh, you know, if that were to happen during a game in season what do you have behind him? I mean, it's very thin. It gets very thin very quickly. So I think it's a great move to bring these two veteran linebackers in and to do it now here on August 6th or August 7th 
to get them up to speed. By the way, as Ed was talking there to talk about the running backs, uh, to sort of close that out, Kareem Hunt visiting with the Saints today. Kareem Hunt's out there. Dalvin Cook's still out there. Ezekiel Elliott's still out there. Uh, yeah, I think even with Shane Steichen, Eagles will have a tough time getting anything for a running back. There's just so much. The supply outpaces the demand. That's that's the issue. But yeah, but but you um, know, listen, those guys you mentioned, John, they're they're going to command probably some pretty big number, right? I, well, as well, Dalvin and and more Dalvin than like Austin Scott's going to make yeah. this year, or a Trey Sermon. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to yeah. pay a little bit more to get guys like Elliott yeah. and Hunt and Cook. Uh, with the linebackers, though, how much are you buying, Ed? Uh, Nick sort of straddling the fence. Oh, I love the linebacker room with mm. bringing in two guys who were have been successful linebackers in this league. I mean, actions speak louder than words. They're not happy with this linebacker room, nor should they be. Let's be honest. I don't know how you could be. And I've been saying this all summer is they need to make a move at linebacker. Everybody thought safety, safety. I I think the safeties are, you know, I'm not as concerned about the safety room. I think they have some good talent there. But, you know, when Christian Ellis, and no knock on Christian Ellis, I think he's having a really good camp. But, uh, you know, he he, uh, he's a special teams guy. And if you're going to put your eggs in the Christian Ellis basket. That to me is a concern. You Now you have two veterans, guys have gone out there, posted hundred tackles per season, many times in their careers, guys who have done it. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see how you could have been happy with that room. I mean, Ben Van Summeren. Okay. Maybe he'll develop first team reps at Ben Van Summeren. Not only did he take first team reps last night, he was cold in the defense out of the huddle. I did not think I would see that this summer. Ben I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry I brought up his name, frankly, because yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't think he'll amount to anything this season, maybe in future years. But listen, yeah. you, you couldn't He's be great happy athlete. Great with athlete. him and, and Martin Sean was Bradley, good, decent Michigan special guy. teams player. I mean, what that room was so thin and so inexperienced that, that this is a move they had to make. And they're they're fortunate to two guys out there were <laughs> Uh, like this we're out there i mean otherwise you're probably talking about a trade i know i i had heard isaiah simmons name was mentioned to me at camp last week as a potential someone to keep an eye on i reached out to uh, one of our si colleagues that covers the cardinals in arizona and he said they seem to be pretty happy with him they're playing him exclusively at safety um so i don't think you know to have landed to try to land him would probably cost more than you want to give and probably the same with Patrick Queen. So this is kind of the more inexpensive route to go in terms of collateral with draft picks in future years. And I, they had to do it, really. They did. I mean, this linebacker room just was not deep enough or, in my opinion, good enough. Ben Van Zuman, great athlete, as John calls him. You know who else was a great athlete? Davion Taylor. Davion and Taylor. Yeah. No longer a Philadelphia Eagles. I so asked the coach. Great athleticism you, can only take you so far. You actually have to be able to play the position to play the position. I got that Davion quote for you. I yep. asked the head coach. Yep. That's uh, a that's yeah. a big swing and a miss from Howie. You know, we talk right. we give him a lot of credit and yeah, recently he's done better drafting, but that 2020 class, you know, now you have two of your first three picks that uh, are no longer here, but of course the one that the quarterback is quarterback erases it. Yeah. Yeah, the quarterback <laughs> makes that <laughs> class. That's yeah, but he got Jalen. So yeah. you can pick it. every other pick in 2020 because he got Jalen <laughs> as a second rounder, which yeah. was questioned by a lot of uh, folks. Right. And speaking of which, we've gone an hour and 38 minutes into the show, or we 
started about three minutes after, or an hour and 35 minutes after. Sorry, I was running late today, guys. Um, Jalen Hurts, nice that we mentioned a quarterback at some time. 25. The only mention was, John said, I asked him, what was the play that brought the crowd to life last night? And he said, it wasn't even a play. It's when Jalen Hurts walked onto the field, the place went bonkers. Uh, He is as popular as he is. And John has given me his evaluations day in, day out in camp. Uh, They've been pretty damn good on Jalen Hurts. Uh, Pick up right where he left off. Second best player in the league behind only Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Is there a reason to think that Jalen Hurts can actually be better this year? He took such a leap up from where he was to what he ended the year as last year. And yeah, he outplayed Mahomes on the field in the Super Bowl, but the Eagles didn't win. What do you see out of Hurts so far in uh, their preseason, Eddie Kratz? Well, first, I'm hoping to see you guys later at Jalen Hurts' birthday party. I have to get yeah. ready right after the show. Yeah, I don't know if you I got, got the invite. My, my invitation <laughs> must have gotten lost in the mail. I can't believe I that. I got the invite. Yeah. Now the uh, most 25. mature 25-year-old Jeffrey Lurie has ever known. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty amazing when you when you think about him just being 25 years old. Uh, but to answer your question, Jody, about, you know, I think he's looked great in camp. I really do. I think he's more confident. Players like Dallas Goddard told us that he'll talk to him off to the side about stuff that hasn't even been installed yet when the play is run. Like, okay, this is what we need to do. And the play hasn't even been installed, but it's something from last year that they used to do. So, I mean, this guy is is so far advanced in the playbook now. Uh, he knows where he's going with the ball. You can see that confidence. Um, to me, I think he's only thrown the one camp interception, and that was kind of, uh, as John wrote about it. situation, yeah. Yeah, you know, John does a great job with the observations. You should be reading those uh, over on, on our site. Um, but he, he uh, mentioned the context of that play. It was, I think, 15 seconds left. He had to make a play, so he's trying to force the ball downfield, and Slay picked him off. But to me, Hurts is having a fantastic camp as you would expect for someone who has been, you know, a, a MVP runner up. I mean, he, I don't know what his ceiling is. He set a pretty high bar. I'd like to see him throw a little bit more touchdown passes. I think he had 22 of those last year, but he ran for 13. I don't see that changing. I think he's still going to get his share of rushing uh, touchdowns, but I'd like to see the number of touchdowns increase through the air. Completion percentage is about where you want it. 66, 67% last year. Maybe that can go a little bit higher. But right now, Jody, he, to me, looks just very comfortable and in command of of the offense. Remember last summer, we were concerned that the defense was winning a lot over the offense in the summer. And I guess that proved correct. The defense was very good. Finished second overall, first against the pass. This year, the offense, to me, has just dominated the defense most days. Yeah. And uh, the quarterback running game is just killing the Eagles' defense. I mean – I don't know how many times they've run that quarterback draw inside the red zone, but it is. He waltzes in every time. It's like they've seen it 10 times and they can't even get a hand on him. Um, So I got to start looking at uh, Sean Desai a little bit there. Something tweak, maybe Zach Cunningham, maybe Miles Jack helps that at the linebacker position. But I want to talk about backup quarterback because we know uh, Jalen, two-year starter, you've needed the backup. For a short span, both seasons, Marcus Mariota has not looked great to me throwing the football, Ed Kratz. Now, the context of that is the second-team offensive line has not been good. He's often getting bad snaps. That can 
you know, blow up a whole play. The, the second team offensive line, a lot of jumbling around. Jeff Stoutland trying to figure it out. Uh, where are you on the concern meter for the backup quarterback, uh, Marcus Mariota? Well, you made a good point there with the backup O-lineman, and I think that's why we're seeing the Eagles, you know, they're bringing Josh Sills back after he was acquitted of his rape and kidnapping charges over the weekend. That's why they signed Josh Andrews. Uh, that's why Jeff Stoutland's juggling Dennis Kelly from guard to tackle. They're trying to find combinations. They're find, trying to find players that can step in as reserves because you're right. That I don't think that second team O-line has been good enough. And uh, that's why I think the Eagles have brought some guys in here at uh, along the O-line. So, But as far as my concern level with Mariota, I mean, I thought it was interesting when he talked to us last week about this is – what his eighth new system that he's learning in his eight, nine, nine years yeah. in the league. So that's a lot. I mean, you know, he, you would think he would have it down by now. He'd be in that learning mode. But to me, that's the issue is I don't think he really is comfortable right now with the scheme and where he needs to go with the ball. And then you pile on the fact that the, you know, the offensive line just hasn't given him enough time. You, you mentioned the bad snaps. He's bending over to have to pick those up and then look around and see what's out there. But he needs to do better. I mean, it, it's to me, it's a concern. And I haven't really seen Ian Book or Tanner McKee light anything up either. So, uh, you know, you're going to have three quarterbacks active on game day now. One of them will be Mariota. He'll get the next reps. One thing he has done that I like is that quarterback draw. I mean, that guy can still yeah. get up after yeah. nine years in the league, 29, 30 years old, however old he is. He can still run and be effective that way. So his skill set kind of marries with Hertz's, and that's one reason I think they liked him more so than Gardner Minshew's. But throwing the ball is a chore right now for him. All right, Ed Kratz, are we going to have to wait till September 10th, which is opening day in New England against the Patriots, for Nick Sirianni to name Cam Jerkins as the starting left back? <laughs> is he going to wait till September 10th? Because he refuses to do so. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. Um, we'll he did see. a non-confirmation confirmation when I asked him yesterday. He was yeah. smiling like a Cheshire cat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the starting. He's the starting right guy. And then Jeff he's Stoutland. He's not going to say it. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Stoutland just, you know, praised him up and down when we talked to him on Friday, just about how strong he is. Yeah. Mentioned Barrett Brooks. He's as athletic with his feet as Brandon Brooks was. He's the starter. Come on. That's, you know, yeah, big Barrett strong, but he was talking about Brandon, our buddy yeah. Barrett Brooks. But, uh, yeah, wait, 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 which of those two Brooks is coming back since we got Dennis Kelly back and we got Josh <laughs> Andrews back? Which of the Brooks is coming back, Brandon or Barrett? One of the two has to be signed here. By the way, the next week. I saw Barrett last night. Barrett's lost like 60 pounds. Is it he 60? I, I've been meaning yeah. to say that here on Birds 365. You see him on TV. Yeah. I didn't think it was that many. He's definitely slimmed down. And, but you and think Brandon, it's 60? Brandon's down to like 240. Because yeah. Brandon, if you've ever seen Brandon, you know, when he tore his Achilles, he would lose a bunch of weight. And he looked like, you know, a WWE wrestler. He was so cut. Yeah. Um and then he gains it back to get his strength back. But yeah, they both lost too much weight. They can't come back. They no, can't come right. back. Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly even looks thin. I mean, yeah. you look at Dennis Kelly. He uh, 
you know, I'm not sure he's going to make this team. I mean, he just – and even uh, Stalin mentioned it, that nutritionally he lost weight. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see where he stands on this team. But, yeah, I don't know who you can bring back. I, I don't know. Uh, Todd Herman's maybe. Maybe Todd Herman's. Maybe said, ah, too yeah. much weed for Todd. <laughs> <laughs> he sells it, so I can say that. But, okay. uh, yeah. um, it, you know, one player – Back to the defensive side, uh, a lot of angst with the commenters, a lot of angst on social media. When I tell them, hey, guess who's relevant? Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon Wallace got all the first team reps at safety last night, Ed. Um, is it real or is it a mirage? Well, he certainly had a very good camp. And, you know, again, you have to see if that translates once the season starts, you know, if he can play within himself and not try to, you know, go off the uh, off the rails a little bit and try to freelance and make plays that aren't his to make. I mean, he needs to stay and play within himself. I mean, we've seen Davion Taylor have a good camp a couple years ago. Davion Taylor started six games a couple years yeah, ago. That Denver game, he was phenomenal. Terrific. That, remember that Denver game, the two force fumbles out there? Yeah, um, one that Slay picked up for a touchdown. Yeah, the country fumble versus city fumble, Slay explanation, which was <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. Right. Um, yeah, Davion created yeah. that fumble. So yeah. we, we've seen Davion do this too. And Davion did have some good games when he got his opportunity. So Kayvon's going to get his opportunity. He's going to play. And I like that big nickel package that they're running out there with uh, Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds, uh, as kind of the linebacker, the hybrid linebacker. And that allows Blankenship and Wallace to play back, uh, you know, on the back end at safety. So that gets, you know, some good players on the field. I think Wallace is a good player. I'm not sure he's really had the opportunity to kind of have this sort of a camp in the past, but now he's been given it. He has a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai, who's giving him this opportunity and he has to make the most of it. I mean, it's one thing to do it, in August, you know, let's see how he does with these reps in September and beyond. Um, I suspect we're going to see quite a bit of him against the Ravens on Saturday night. And we'll see if he's able to take that next step from practice field to, to you know, game day field. All right, guys, we're definitely going to play against the Ravens are the cornerbacks not named Bradbury and or Slay. Uh, Bradbury is no chance he's going to play, and I don't think Slay is going to play either. So every other cornerback is going to have a chance to shine and become the first cornerback wide off the bench. For you, Ed, uh, has Josh Job distanced himself, or is it in the lead right now? How would you rank the other cornerbacks on this roster and their chance to be a backups on the fifty-three and or then uh, who do you think is is practice squad bound? Yeah, Josh Jobs has been getting the first team reps with Bradbury out with the uh, ankle injury the last couple of practices. So, uh, yeah, I think it, Josh Job will be the guy that is probably going to see plenty of reps. And, you know, listen, he's going against two of the best receivers in the NFL in this camp with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So, you know, he gets beaten sometimes and, and he doesn't look as good. But you wonder, like, how he'll do against some other receivers that aren't A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So, you know, we'll see that as the summer goes on here with the Ravens and the Browns and the, and the Colts in the preseason. But I think it's Josh Job, and now you're looking at, you know, you're going to keep him, you're going to keep Zach McPherson, Avante Maddox, Slay, Bradbury. What's that, five guys, uh, six guys? Yeah. How many 
DBs you're going to keep, uh, you know, maybe seven, um, maybe eight, uh, you know, that's kind of a stretch. So who's going to be the next guy and what does he bring? What value does he bring? Can he play the slot? Do you need another slot guy or do you want another outside guy? You still have greedy Williams in this mix. <laughs> yeah. Greedy. Ringo in yeah. this mix, a rookie. Yeah. Um, and then a, a guy that's really flashed for both John and I is Makai Garner, who's very physical, very good in press coverage. He always gets his hand on you before you release uh, from the line of scrimmage to get into your route. I like that. He's not scared to let a guy get by him. He'll get right up and give him a shove off the line. Um, so there, that, that's a position that I'm not really that concerned about is cornerback. And, you know, I know last year kind of felt the same way, but it's been a long time since we've had this kind of depth, I think, in the cornerback room. I mean, Mario Goodrich, a second-year yeah. undrafted free agent, has even – uh, flashed from time to time. So, listen, some of these guys are going to get released, and I wouldn't be surprised if other teams pick them up. I mean, it's that kind of a room. It's deep and it's talented. At Kratz E, follow Ed on X or Twitter if you refuse to give up Twitter. Um, SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles does a tremendous job covering this team. All right, we talked about corners. Let's talk about receivers. You know, I don't think Alameda Zacchaeus is pushing Quez Watkins. I think Quez has sort of held down that role. I'm not going to call him elite, but he's clearly the third receiver on this team. So I've kind of looked at it like this, and I want to see if you agree. Joseph Nada is closer to Alameda Zacchaeus than Alameda is to Quez Watkins. And we know Britton Covey's making the team, so is there a chance Alameda falls off this rost- roster as the fourth? Yeah, that's going to that's going to be interesting. Um, I, I, I the con- the concern with Alameda to me is, and I call him Oz, the great and powerful Oz, you know, OZ. <laughs> but uh, to me, is the drops. I mean, he just has too many drops. Yeah. yeah. Three, I think, yeah. at practice Friday. Dropped a punt to, last night, by the way. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I. It's a situation where you could put some receivers on the practice squad, and what if you were only to go with four because you want to keep five running backs or, or four running backs even, or four tight ends? I mean, what if you just want to go with Covey, Watkins, Brown, and Smith, and then you put the three guys on the practice yeah, you can squad. do it yeah you, you can, can do, do that and then you kind of tinker with your game day roster each week i mean greg ward to me has had his usual pretty solid, solid. training camp. solid yeah yeah i mean he's a solid receiver but he's not going to make this roster so you know if you cut him is somebody going to grab him i mean not it could be a practice squad guy Zacchaeus, i don't think they'll cut him um but again, we're talking about what a fourth receiver. Zach Pascal last year had, I think, 21 targets. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of targets, but if you're Zacchaeus and you're getting 21 targets, you better darn well catch 18 of those. And right now, I don't see the hands being what they should be at this point in camp with him. Has anyone in that wide receiver room, and then we'll let you run, Ed, promise, has anyone grabbed Zach Pascal's role if Zach Pascal's role is still going to be part of what the Eagles are because the coach seems to like a wide receiver who will do all the dirty work get the blocking done on specific plays where wide receivers getting out there and getting involved in blocking could be a key to a play has anyone attempted to do that do you think that that role is just going to be eliminated because they don't have a player 
like him on the squad this year? How does that shake out with him being gone? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I don't think Zacchaeus is as much of a blocker. You know what I would probably do? And I just thought of this while you're asking the question is what about like a Grant Calcaterra, moving him to wide receiver? Yeah, I think that's that's the way they've done it. It's sort of like. The tight end, yeah, yeah. I saw, uh, I saw him make some plays uh, in the blocking game. I saw him make a really nice kickout block um, on one running play down near the goal line. Really, really stuck his nose in there. So I think his blocking might be improving. I'd have to pay more attention to that. But why not move him to receiver and have him fill that role uh, as a blocking receiver, so to speak? Yeah. Um, it gets him on the team at a crowded position, tight end. Um, because I'm not sure Nada can block. Uh, Deion Kane, I think, has shown some good stuff. Now, he's missed some practices with an ankle. It's been a long year for him. He was the USFL MVP of the championship game, so he's been playing a lot of football. Um, but, you know, maybe Calcaterra. Maybe that's something yeah. they can uh, take a look at. It's a labeling thing. They're not going to move him to receiver, but he's going to be doing the same role. So, you know, yeah. flex tight end, flex receiver, blocker, Um because to Jody's point, no, nobody can do what Zach Pascal did. Oh, so right. they're trying to get that out of Calcaterra or Dan Arnold. That's that's sort of, I think, going to be their role uh, to take over for what Zach did, so to speak. Eddie K, we kept you long. Thank you very much for jumping in. You know we're going to get you up uh, next week as well. Is McMullen been on his best behavior down there at practice? I need somebody to rat him out. Has he done anything embarrassing? Give me something. <laughs> Give me something I can use here on the show, Ed. Well, they don't serve coffee at training camps. So yeah, there we go. There it, there it is. Coffee. There it is. So you know, I, I you know, from yeah. what I've observed, he's been, been pretty okay. good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's getting annoyed with us continually bringing up the coffee thing. I brought it up this weekend too. Uh, <laughs> got to be. I only spilled it on myself. That's true. Not <laughs> dare anybody say. Anything. I might have got. I might have got Ed's hands, but I didn't. I didn't spill it on any clothing other than myself. Yes. Yeah, so. Dangerously I, close it, to my life. Laptop, John. Is the, the, the incident. The, laptop. the incident. I like. By the way, they have new uh, windows at the uh, yeah. Lincoln Finance. Awful. Ed. Awful. Secure, like it's going to be a security issue. If they leave those things open, I mean, you see the fans that sit in that section. Ah, don't they're, even get me started. You know, they're pretty rowdy. All the fans yeah. are rowdy, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah. a little it's concerned. Like Big bars like FedEx Field. When did Daniel Snyder come to Philadelphia? Yeah. I don't I don't know. A lot of obstructed views. Yeah. There you go. Knew we could get McMullen stoked. Just give him yeah. something to talk about. Wind him up and let him go. <laughs> uh, Eddie K, thank you very much. We will talk to you again soon enough. Thanks, bud. My pleasure, guys. Ed Kratz Thanks, here Ed. with us on Birds 365 from Sports Illustrated. Speaking Johnny. of, <laughs> our, our buddy Bo Wolf's going to be on later in the week, right? Yes, Friday. I got to talk. So, Zach Berman his colleague at the athletic for those who don't know zach is the most positive optimistic person on the planet i mean he's brandon graham like uh, never had a bad day in his life everything's peaches and cream in zach berman's world zach was trying to say oh they're not that bad the windows and bo just shut them down just shut them. they're awful they're awful not uh, it was great because Bo said not everything has to be perfect. They're terrible, and they are terrible. Bo was correct. Bo right. wins that we're, battle. We're, we're almost out of time here. So on a later date, when we've got time to kill, we'll we'll analyze, probably overanalyze, the windows at Lincoln yes. Financial Field.
uh, save that for a later date. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back to put a ball on the show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. All right, uh, we're just about out of time here on Bright 365. We started a little late, so we're going to go over a little, but uh, thank you for staying tuned. And while you're at it, we're up on a nice number of people that are getting ready to watch day in and day out. Those of you still there, hit that like button. Give us a little help with our algorithm. All right, one quickie, John, and we'll probably pick up on this tomorrow as well. Um, I read the uh, spot you put up on Sports Illustrated. The quarterback and the defensive coordinator spending quality time together that uh, Jalen Hurts jumped in on a, a meeting on a film session with Sean Desai. And you said that's something that had happened previously with Cannon and Hurts. How big a deal is that? Is is that just, hey, a bunch of Eagles being Eagles are in the facility. They shoot the breeze or whatever. Or 
uh, who's actually getting more out of that? Decide being able to pick the brain. They might not get a chance of the starting quarterback or the starting quarterback learning some tips and or thought processes from a guy with a defensive line like uh, Desai. Who, who benefits more from an off-the-cuff conversation between those two? I, I think the quarterback, and that's why he does it. Um, and I, I do think it's rare because those guys are usually attached to the hip uh, with – in this case, you have an offensive head coach, but you know they also have the DOC, the, the the quarterback coach, and even here the passing game coordinator. So you have Kevin Petula is a really important part. So um, you have all those names, and and you're usually with those guys all the time, all the time, all the. And Jalen kind of seeks out. To me, the biggest thing is, you know, that he does that kind of stuff. It just, you know, it's another example of his work ethic. He is attempt you know it makes sense you know how are you trying to stop me uh basically and the eagles had that um organizational philosophy i know we got to uh, uh leave but remember last year people didn't understand marcus brady as a consultant now he's part of the coaching staff right. he was helping the defense he was helping jonathan gannon saying all right how would you attack this look defensively that kind of thing Whereas Big Fangio leading up to the Super Bowl, when he came on, he was helping the offense. And people still don't understand that. Um, and and so the Eagles have kind of taken on that organizational philosophy at times, like tap into the other side to see how they would react to this look and vice versa. Reverse engineering can be a very helpful way of uh, getting some things done. Yeah, we'd be over. Johnny Mac, good show today. We got a good one uh, planned for your mom, Tommy Lawler. Haven't had him up in a good couple of weeks. And the voice of the Eagles and Espanol, Ricky Ricardo, is going to jump in with us. So good one planned for you tomorrow. We appreciate everybody jumping in here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald will be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.